Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the message. Come on. I'm really excited to be able to share with you all today. We are in this amazing new series called Closer to Love. (laughs) Anyone enjoying this series so far? I mean, we had one week, but that week was great because we talked about a vision for marriage. You guys getting that vision for marriage? All my single friends out there, yes, let's get it together. And so today, continuing on in this theme of love, I'm gonna talk about what do we do in the wait. How many single people out there? Raise your hand and then look around. Just, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what do we do during the wait, right? Because I remember that when I was like 20 or 21 years old, I thought I was gonna get married, <laughs> which might sound ridiculous, but I had friends around me that were getting married at a very young age. And so I thought, yeah, of course. I'm going to get married at 20 or 21, but then 22, 23. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not getting married. What? What's going on here? Like, I thought I was supposed to be married by now. And I didn't get married till I was 27. Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, 27 is still pretty young. And I would concede and say, yes, it is. It's a good age. But I thought that I was going to get married at this super young age. And I actually remember when I was like 20 or 21, I went to this big church conference and I met a, a pastor that was a bit older than me. At that time, he was about 30, which I'm 30 now. Uh, and he was saying like, oh, you know what? I just got married when I was 27. And I was like, 20, 27? I was like, if I have to wait till I'm 27, I don't think I'm going to make it, God. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking at that young age. And it's quite silly to think about it. But, you know, like, I know that there's this, this moment when you're waiting and waiting and people around you, friends are getting married and you're the groomsman or the bridesmaid and you want to stand in the middle, not on the side. You want to stand in the middle. I don't know how many times I stood on the side and I was like, yay. But in my heart, I was like. (laughs) So what do we do during the wait, right? Because sometimes the fact is we're just going to have to wait because God's timing is not our timing, right? And so we need to trust God. So today, that's what I want to talk about. We're going to tell some stories. We're going to jump into this together. And I hope this blesses your life. And for married people as well, I believe that what we're going to talk about today is going to bless you as well in your marriage. All right. So we're going to bless single people, going to bless married people, going to bless dating people, I guess. (laughs) It's going to be great. So today we're going to jump into a story found in Genesis 24. Now, this is quite a long story. So I'm just going to kind of summarize what's the the background happening here. So we got Abraham. He's 140 years old. All right. He's coming close to the end of the road. And uh, he has this servant named Eliezer. Now, we don't know how old Eliezer is, but maybe he's, you know, about 80 years old, you know, like a nice, like kind of grandpa-ish age. And so Abraham talks to Eliezer saying like, hey, my son Isaac, he's uh, 40 years old. He's still single, doesn't have a wife. (laughs) We need to help this man. So Eliezer, can I ask you to do this one last mission for me? This final mission, Eliezer. 
is can you go find a wife for Isaac? <laughs> and so Eliezer agrees. Because Isaac is 40. Eliezer is like 80 maybe. And so I think Eliezer kind of loved Isaac like, like an uncle, right? Like Isaac's like his nephew, right? He would have spent so much time with him, maybe watching him grow and through different seasons. I think Eliezer, the reason Eliezer said yes to this mission, because the mission is actually crazy, like is because he really cares for Isaac as well. He wants to see Isaac win. And you know, like, there's a big difference of being 20 and like, where is my wife? And being 40 and saying, where is my wife? And I know that there's many different people that might be watching. You might be different ages. You might be younger. You might be older. And you might be asking that same question of where is my spouse, God? Where is my partner? Where is the one for me? And so I believe that this story is going to encourage all of us, all right? No matter how old or young we are, this story, I think, is going to encourage us. So this mission for Eliezer was to go to this faraway land where Abraham originally came from to find a girl that is willing to leave everything and come with Eliezer to a different country a long way away from everything she knows and to marry a man that she has never seen or met. This is the mission. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Like, what? <laughs> what a mission. This is like the last boss of missions for Eliezer. But Eliezer's like, I'm going to do it. And so he sets off on this journey and he's got like all these gifts. He's stacked with these camels and he sets out to this journey. And so sounds like something from Netflix, right? Like, <laughs> We got all these kind of crazy Netflix shows these days. This would be a pretty awesome Netflix show. Anyways, Genesis 24 verse 10. It says, Then Eliezer the servant left, taking with him ten of his master's camels loaded with all kinds of good things from his master, and he set out for Aram Naharayim. <laughs> I don't know how to read that. And it says, And he made his way to the town of Nahor. And it says, He had the camels kneel down Near the kneel down near the well outside the town, it was towards evening, the time that the women would come out to draw water from the well. So isn't that convenient that he arrives at just the right time so that he can, you know, have a look at what the town uh, has to offer. <laughs> Who's in this town, right? And so he arrives, it's, it's, it, the sun is setting, he's got all these camels, it's this massive journey, he's tired, the camels are tired, they're all thirsty, and all of these, these women start maybe coming out with their massive jugs of water, mind you, to start taking some water. And so when Eliezer arrives, he does something. First thing, very first thing when he arrives. What do you think it is that Eliezer did when he arrived? The very first thing, he prays. Isn't that a good thing to do first is to pray. And so that's the first thing I want to talk about is that what do we do when we're, we're waiting for something is that we pray. Amen? That we should be praying, we should be engaging into this thing that we are wanting to see in our life, right? The same is for healings, same is for breakthrough, same as for when you want to get a job. Is prayer our first choice or is prayer our last resort? Because I'm guilty of making prayer my last resort. I'm the kind of guy that tries to figure things out in my head. I try to, you know, get things in a line and, you know, make things perfect. And then I take action. Like I try to do things in my own strength. But how many of you have tried to do things in your own strength and it doesn't work out, right? 
how many of us is making prayer our first choice? That's what Eliezer did in this story. He said, God, <laughs> well, we're going to read it, but he's, he's saying, God, I need help. I can't do this by myself. I need help and I need guidance to be able to make a good decision. And that's what we should be doing when we're trying to make a good decision. Whether we're single, whether we're married, we should be praying into this area of relationships. And I'm not going to lie. When I was single, I'm not even going to try to pretend that I'm like spiritual and holy. The number one thing I prayed for was for a partner. Okay, like let's just keep it 100 right now. The number one thing that I prayed for, the number one thing I spent the most time praying for was, God, where is she? God, why? Like that kind of stuff, right? So my single friends watching today, I understand. I get it. I understand that this is something that we really, really want. And so it may be, there's times where we might get frustrated. We might get disappointed. We might get tired of praying. I want to encourage us today to make a new decision to pray first right? To bring God back into the equation, to bring God back into the conversation. Let's not get tired. Let's not get weary. Let's keep trusting God in this area of relationships. Because like I said, I have tried to make things work in my own power. In relationships, I have jumped into relationships on my own strength, thinking that I could change them. Thinking that God could make a miracle happen and, and change this person to fit my needs. Do you understand how selfish that mentality is, right? God changed them for me. No, 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 no. That's not how relationships work. We should both be wanting to become a better version of ourselves, so that when we come together, it's a, it's a moment of blessing one another. It's a moment of making room for one another, of saying, I'm going to die to this old thing, this old habit, this old way of doing things, so that I can accommodate you, so that I can love you, so that I can give to you. Right? We gotta, we got to have this mentality when it comes to relationships that God wants to help us. Amen? So Eliezer prays, and this is his prayer, okay? Pretty funny prayer. Genesis uh, 24 verse 12. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today. It's a good prayer. And show kindness to my master Abraham. Also, very nice. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, she says, drink. And, this is the key part of this prayer, I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Right? Funny thing is, is that before I asked Melissa for coffee, that I prayed a kind of similar silly prayer such as this. You see, like, you know, I had known Melissa for a while. And in my head, I thought that we had to kind of like get to this level of friendship. Like what I defined as friendship, I thought that we had to reach this level before I could go to the next level and ask her for a coffee. But the thing is that every time we talked, it was just... The conversation, I would throw. She would throw. Like we could not, for the life of me, hold a conversation. I was like, I remember this one time, I think it was around Christmas time, and she was wearing this like this green sweater, and it was kind of fuzzy, it was like interesting, and I wanted to like say like, hey, nice sweater. <laughs> so I said, hey, nice sweater. And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, thank okay, nice sweater. All right. Good talk, good talk. All right. Oh, I'll see you later. All right. Yeah. 
All right, cool. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is exactly the type of conversations we would have. <laughs> so I was like for, for ages, for the longest time, going back and forth in my head, like, oh, I like this girl. I'm interested in this girl. But like, I, like, if I can't be friends, like how can I see a future? And I'm like, all this stuff was going on in my head. It got to this point where God was speaking to me and I was afraid to ask her. It was a leap of faith. And I remember this one Sunday, I was like, all right, all right, God, all right, I got If nothing else happens today, if nothing else changes my mind, then I'm going to ask her for a coffee. And of course, nothing else happened. Like, what a stupid prayer that was. But, <laughs> some, you know, guys, sometimes we need to, to pray some stupid prayers. <laughs> because that's what I needed. It was the final push that I needed to be able to take that leap of faith. And some guys listening to this message today, you need to take that leap of faith. Maybe there's someone you're interested in. Maybe you're scared. I understand. I've been there. But men, let's be men. Let's take that step. Let's pray. Let's ask God and take that step of faith. <laughs> and so, yeah, this was the, this, the situation that me and Melissa was in. I asked her. She said, yes. Here we are, three years later. Yay! <laughs> been married for three years now, loving it. We've been dating for one year, married for three years. It's been amazing. But back to this prayer that Eliezer prayed. It says in verse 15, before he had finished praying, this man was mid-sentence, all right? Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder, and she was the daughter of Bethul, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. So this was the whole point of Eliezer going to this faraway land, was to find somebody that would keep things kind of in the family. That was the tradition back then. And so this woman fit the bill. If you have a list, this was, this was the woman that was ticking the boxes on this list right now. Now, you know, some lists are too much, all right? Some of us need to throw away some of our lists. But there's some good things that we need to be looking for in our list. And here is some great points about Rebecca that I think we could look for in a future spouse, right? So <laughs> it says, uh, this woman in verse 16 says, this woman was very beautiful. She was a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up again. So that's a good start, right? She looks good. <laughs> she's pure. She's, she's got this amazing air about her. That she's, she looks really, really nice. And that's a great trait to have, right? That, you know, we, we make ourselves look good, right? Sunday is a good day to make yourself look good, okay? It says, the servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said. And she quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. She was beautiful. She was kind. The kind of girl you want, right? It says, after she had given him a drink, she said... Remember the prayer? She said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. Ten camels, by the way. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not that the Lord had made his journey successful. This man is so dense. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becker, that is, and two gold bracelets weighing 10 shekels. Also not sure what that is, but he gave her some nice gifts, okay? So this man went from praying this prayer, God, 
May the right one be the girl that says, that offers to give me and my camels a drink. Literally, as he's praying this prayer, Rebecca comes, he asks her, can you give me a drink? And she says, I will give you a drink and your camels. This man sits there, watches her, goes back and forth, getting all this water for 10 camels. And he says to himself, hmm, I wonder if this is the one. <laughs> this is literally the answer to his prayers happening in real time. And he has the audacity to say, I wonder, Lord, is this the one? <laughs> yes, this is the one, my guy. This is the one. <laughs> so let's talk about camels for a moment, okay? There's 10 camels, and one camel drinks about 20 gallons of water. This is not a small amount of water. You know those big uh, water coolers, those big jugs, right, that you see? Like these, this size, like massive. That's one gallon. Oh, sorry, that's five gallons. So he had, she had to go back four times to the well. Let's say her jar is the same size as that. She had to go back at least four times for one camel. 10 camels, that means at least she went back and forth 40 times to give all these camels a drink. This woman is amazing, okay? <laughs> she might have come out and was like, all oh, nice and sweet. And then he's like, can you give me a drink? And she's like, yeah. Maybe she wasn't like that. <laughs> but she had a servant heart. She was there to serve. She was beautiful. She was kind. And she loved to serve. And that's the second thing that I want to talk about is that that's the kind of person you want, right? That's the kind of person you want to be, right? Because imagine if someone came to church and they said, ooh, ooh, okay, okay. I see, like, who's that? Who's this man? Who's this woman over here? What would people's response be about you right now? What would, how would they respond? Would they say, yeah, they're just working on themselves for a little bit right now. Yeah, maybe now's not the right time. Or, oh yeah, now they, they come to church sometimes. Oh yeah, I see them sometimes, you know, Easter, Christmas, but they're not that regular, you know. Or do you want the response to be, that is an amazing person. This girl, this girl is quality. This guy, this guy is amazing. They come and they serve and they help people. They love people. They always have a smile. They always have joy. They're always worshiping God. That's the kind of person that I think we need to be interested in. That's the kind of person I was interested in. That's the kind of person that I was trying to be. That's the kind of person that I'm still trying to be, is a person that serves God and serves others. Amen? I think this is such an amazing, beautiful trait that we can't take for granted. Now, this is such a big part of, this is the reason why Eliezer chose Rebecca. Is not only was she beautiful and kind, but because she had this amazing heart to serve. And it's not about like, you know, someone is higher or lower. No, no, it's about, hey, what can I do for someone else? I believe that should be the response that we give when someone asks, hey, what about that person? Or hey, what about that person? Yes, that person is amazing. That person is golden. They love God. They love people. They're serving. That should be the response. Amen. I know many people that have actually met their future spouse, their future partner on a dream team. They're both serving on the same team. They're like, hey, you're kind of cool. Hey, you're kind of cute. And they get together. <laughs> you said, there's so many stories like that. So why not join a team? If you are serving, if you're coming in person somewhere, why not join a team? Meet some new people. You never know 
who you're going to meet on a team. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. You never know who you're going to meet on a team. Because, you know, sometimes, guys, we can be kind of dense. <laughs> right? And the women are nodding their head right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we can be kind of dense. I was dense because not only was I interested in Melissa and I heard from, you know, my friends that she was also interested in me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But she started working for the church at the office. She was working, we were working together for eight months. And I was like, Eliezer, I wonder if this is the one, Lord. God, like, I literally brought her into your workplace. <laughs> Don't be stupid, Monty. Think. <laughs> I literally brought her into your life, into this area, so that you could get to know her. And I'm here sitting like, I wonder if she's the one. <laughs> for eight months, I was wondering this. Guys are dense, okay? Guys can be dense. So let's, let's have a little bit of patience for our dense friends because at the end of the day, God will move and God will speak and God will make it happen when the right time is the right time. So uh, Rebecca, she chooses to go. Now this is important because this is uh, Isaac, right? This is Isaac's side of the story now. So in verse uh, 63, it talks about Isaac. It said that he went out to the field one evening to meditate. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. I believe this is what Isaac did every day. This was his routine. He was faithful in the things that he needed to do. And I think this is Isaac spending time with God, spending time with God in prayer. Maybe in this prayer, it was the very prayer of him saying, God, I hope Eliezer is successful. I hope that he finds the one. God, I hope that you, you show me this amazing woman. And it says that the camels approaching across the horizon. Oh, Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. All right. And she got down from her camel and asked Eliezer the servant, who is that man in the field coming to meet us? Oh, I like this. And then uh, Eliezer replied, he, this is the one, he is my master. He's the one you're coming to meet. He's my master. And so she took her veil and covered herself. Oh, okay. Oh, playing a little bit of hard to get. I like it. Nice. It says, then the servant told Isaac all that he had done. All right. So he told the story. Isaac and Rebecca, they meet. They, they obviously are attracted to each other. They like each other. This is good. And it says, Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebecca. And so she became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So this is a great scene for Isaac. He was maybe in, in, in a tough moment, in a moment of hurting, in a, hurting, in a moment of pain. And God brought this amazing answer to prayer in his life. Did he let the pain stop him? Did he let the hurt pull him away? No, Isaac stayed faithful to God. Isaac was faithful in the things that he needed to do. He was doing the things that he did daily. You see, he didn't let the disappointment, he didn't let the hurt hold him back from being hopeful for the miracle that God was about to bring into his life. And when God brought that miracle, it was a beautiful moment. They saw each other and maybe love it for a sight. Oh, does it still exist? Yes, I think it can still exist. But this was a beautiful story about Isaac and Rebecca. And so I remember when I first met Melissa, all right? So we, we knew each other for about four years, okay? And this was, was, was a, I was a younger man at this time, okay? So, so no judgment 
when I tell this story. That's, that's the deal. Okay. So I was room sharing with some guys and one of my roommates uh, said to me, did, did you hear about the hot Colombians that came to church? And I was like, go on. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> all right. This is Younger Monty, all right, no judgment, that was the deal. But <laughs> I heard this, this rumor about the hot Colombians that had come to church. And so obviously, this piqued my interest. And so I remember one day, we were sitting in the youth service, and I was sitting next to that friend, my roommate, and he nudges me during the service, like, hey, hey. And I was like, what? And he's like, they're sitting behind us. And I was like, oh, you don't say. And so I tried to be all like, you know, very smooth, suave. Looked back, I leaned over and I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was like, they are indeed attractive. I, there was two of them and all I saw was Melissa, to be honest. Um, but that was my first impression. I was like, all right, she's cute. I like what I see. Let's see if this can turn into something. And it didn't for a while. because. <laughs> And after that, she actually went and studied abroad for a year and then she came back. I heard that she liked me. I liked her. Boom, boom, boom. This should be a done deal. This should be easy. And it was not. Because <laughs> like I said, all this stuff was going around. But at the right time, at the right place, God brought us together. Because I believe that if we had gotten together when I was young and immature and when she was a new believer, even though... We turned out to be the right person for each other. Maybe the right person at the wrong time can still be the wrong person. Because God had to work on me. God had to work on her. And He had to build us and our relationship with Him. He had to work through some stuff, some baggage. He had to do some work on us as a single person, by ourselves before He could bring us together. And so at the right time, at the right moment, we were the right person for one another. And that's how we got together. And so this story in the Bible is a story about obedience. This whole thing is about obedience. Eliezer obeyed Abraham. He went and found this amazing girl named Rebecca. I believe Isaac was also obeying God in his daily life, in his mundane tasks. Right? He was obeying God. He was staying faithful to God. And because of his obedience, because of his faithfulness, God brought the right person at the right time. So for us today, I want to encourage us that when we're waiting, if you're a single person and you're waiting for that person, then we need to be praying. We need to be serving. We need to be obeying God. I believe that these are three amazing characteristics that if we can continue and not grow weary, but keep on going forward and trusting God, then in the right timing, the right person will come. And for my married friends as well, this applies to us. What are you praying for? Are you praying for your spouse? Because every night when me and Melissa go to bed, we've been doing this since we got married, we pray for each other. It's simple. It's like, thank you, God, for today. Thank you for this girl. And she says, thank you, God. Thank you for this boy, man, bear. I mean, you know, like, okay, we don't get too personal here. But <laughs> we pray for each other. And I love it. I love praying for my wife. I love that we pray for each other. This is, this is an amazing thing about marriage, about a Christian marriage, that we have the same foundation, the same faith, the same vision, the same goals, 
we get to pray for each other. So, guys, again, what do we do in the wait? We pray, we serve, we obey God. Amen? Sound good? Let me pray for you all today. So, God, I pray for anyone here today that's watching this video that maybe they've gotten disappointed, they've gotten tired. Maybe they're single and they're waiting and they haven't got that answer to prayer yet, God. I pray that you would strengthen them right now. I pray that you would continue to work on them as a single person as well. Continue to build in them and continue to build their partner. We might be able to see it, but behind the scenes, God, we believe, we trust that you are working, that you are working on us, you are working on them. And at the right time, God, we're going to trust that we're going to meet each other and that it's going to be the right time and the right person. So God, I pray that you help us to continue to put you first in prayer, to be able to serve, to love you and love people, and to continue to trust and obey you. I pray you help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And lastly, I know we've been talking about relationships and dating and singleness today, but I want to let you know that true love comes from God alone. And that God sent Jesus to this earth so that we could know what true love is. Not only that we could receive what true love is, but we would also know how to love someone else. Jesus came because He loved us and He wants a rich and full life for us in every area. That includes relationships. And He died on a cross to take our sins away, to take our mistakes and hurt and pain away. And maybe that pain is in areas of sexuality Jesus on the cross came to take that pain away. He rose again three days later. He is alive and He wants a relationship with you. He wants to heal you. He wants to help you. And so if you want that relationship with Jesus, I'm going to count to three. If you also want to come back to God, I'm going to include you. When I say now, if you want that relationship, I'm going to ask you to make that decision in your heart. Are you ready? I'm going to count. Ready? Three, two, one, now. Why don't you make that decision to receive Jesus? Amen. Hey, let me pray for you really quick. God, I thank you for these amazing people making this decision. I pray that you come into their life in a powerful way. I pray that they will be able to feel your love, what true love really feels like for the first time, God. I pray that you would just, from the inside out, just overflow in that love and grace that you have for them. I pray you give them a vision for an amazing future with you and in your plan. Thank you, God. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, guys, I hope that you enjoyed today's message. We've got some more amazing messages coming in the weeks to follow. Make sure you check us out. Tune in. And until then, have an amazing time. We'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider LifeHouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.